Hello, this is Stacy Shifflett. Welcome to another episode of the Stacy Shifflett Podcast. I appreciate you taking time today to tune in. And I've got a subject that's been on my heart for quite some time that I'd like to deal with and uh, hopefully provide some biblical perspective to a uh, real-time, relevant uh, situation that we are facing today in many of our churches. The subject that I'd like to discuss today from the Word of God is this matter of civil disobedience. Uh, many of you uh, are aware of the fact that here at Calvary Baptist Church in Dundalk, Maryland, we have been embroiled for some time in a legal matter involving uh, the Baltimore County executive who took it upon himself after our governor opened the state up back in, in May uh, to churches being able to reassemble up to 50% capacity. The county executive came out the next day with a press conference and uh, closed the churches back down again. Uh, it didn't really provide any scientific or medical data to back up this decision. Uh, he just did it. And our church had already announced on that Wednesday night after the governor's press conference that we would uh, look forward to seeing everybody back in the Lord's house on Sunday after uh, several months of not being able to be together. Uh, people were taking all these ex extreme cautions uh, to prevent the spread of COVID. Uh, we had live stream services and I would have 10 people here putting on a live stream service with music and specials and uh, preaching. And we did all of that, had special time of prayer. And those that were watching wasn't able to tell by the way we placed our cameras and the way we did the, the, the service. They couldn't tell that the place wasn't full, but uh, obviously uh, it wasn't full and it was uh, heartbreaking uh, to see uh, two months of our people having to watch services on, on live stream. And so after a lot of prayer and talking about it, uh, we, of course, in a lot of letters to the governor and a whole lot of things we did behind the scenes to try to get him to change his mind and render the church of God essential. Um, we were rejoicing when he came out on that Wednesday afternoon at a five o'clock press conference and said, uh, churches are now open, 50% capacity. The numbers are down. We feel like it's safe to move forward into the reopening phases. And so I stood up in church in that pulpit on that Wednesday night and told our people, praise the Lord. Uh, we're glad that's over with. We'll see you in God's house on Sunday. Little did we know the very next day, the county executive would shut the county down again. And so we had a decision to make. Uh, do we continue live streaming and wait and see what the county executive does or do we just go ahead and, and reopen? Well, the truth of the matter is we had already planned on reopening whether the governor opened the state or not. We had already set a date for May the 24th, which was Memorial Day. And uh, we said, if he hasn't opened the, 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 the state by then, we're going to go ahead and go to church regardless. Of course, he did open it, but then the county reclosed the state. And so uh, since I announced on that Wednesday night that we were going to see everybody on Sunday, uh, we sent an email out and said, we're having church. We're going to put a lot of things in place to protect everybody, keep everybody safe. And we did that. I won't go into all that long list uh, during this podcast, but just suffice it to say, we were doing things that nobody else in this entire area was doing checking temperatures at the door and wrapping up the water fountains with plastic, shut down all the children's ministries and nursery and Sunday school classes and 
and uh, on and on and on we could go and requiring everybody to wear a mask inside the church and during the service and and coming in one door and going out a different door. And man, it was just a lot of stuff we did to try to keep people safe, but we were ready to get back to church. So uh, contrary to the Baltimore County Executive's orders, uh, we had church on that Sunday, May the 17th. As we expected, the very next day, Monday the 18th, we received a cease and desist letter from the health department ordering us not to have church again with more than 10 people. They told us we were permitted to have a uh, live stream. I'll just go back now and I'll read the wording of these letters. It's just uh, appalling at the audacity of the county health department. They said, we permit you, we allow you to have live stream services. And uh, you can have an outside service, but you can't have more than 10 people. And um, we just felt like, you know, we had we had been been violating scripture a lot longer than we wanted to by not being together in the house of God. Let me say this, that there was a bit of uh, mixed uh, responses, both in the community as well as from our brethren. Uh, um, I'm, I'm not one to give a lot of attention, a lot of thought to what other pastors, other churches have to say about me or our church. I'm uh, pretty much trying to keep my head down and and uh, just do what God wants us to do over here and don't worry about what everybody else says. But it was shocking to me at how many people, uh, when we started back having church against the county executive's orders, which was completely unconstitutional, by the way, as was the governor's. I do not think for one second that a governor in this, in this nation has the right to suspend the Constitution of the United States. They do not have the right to suspend our First Amendment rights. And uh, going to church and worshiping God and freedom of assembly is a First Amendment protected right. It didn't come from the government. They, they didn't give it to us and they can't take it away from us. Uh, but out of, out of an abundance of caution, we went along with this shutdown and for two months didn't have church for more than 10 people. But then when we reopened and people began to flock in the doors, rejoicing in the opportunity to be back in the house of God, I was appalled. I was shocked at how many pastors, how many Christians, people that are supposed to know their Bible, begin to quote verses like Romans chapter 13, take it completely out of context and tell us that uh, we were wrong to have church, that we're supposed to uh, let every, the Bible says, let every soul be subject unto the higher power. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And went on and on, quoting Romans 13 as their a uh, position on whether or not we were supposed to reopen. I was obviously surprised at people's lack of biblical understanding and lack of discernment. I've said it several times since then, and I'm going to say it uh, here today on this, on this broadcast, but it seemed to me that people seemed to forget that Romans chapter 13 was written by the Apostle Paul who spent much of his ministry in prison for civil disobedience. Uh, here's a man that uh, spent many nights in jail simply because he refused to do what the local authorities, the civil uh, government of his day told him to do. I'm amazed that there are Christians that seem to forget that since the book of Acts, there have been literally millions of Christians that have been martyred. I was reading this morning, uh, I went through my library and 
I was looking at a couple of books, just trying to refresh my mind of some things I had read, studied before uh, about uh, Baptist history and and Christianity in uh, the centuries uh, behind us. And I've got a book called Cross and Crown. It's a fascinating book. deals with uh, detailed stories and accounts of martyrs. Of course, you've got the Fox's Book of Martyrs. And if you've never read that book, you owe it to yourself to read the book of uh, Fox's Book of Martyrs, which gives uh, accounts of, of Christians, God's people down through the centuries that uh, chose to adopt for themselves and for their, for their life what Peter said in Acts chapter number five in verse number 29. The Bible says they brought them before the council. And they set them down before the council. And the high priest said, Did we not straightly command you that you should not teach in his name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. And that has been the Christian's motto since the book of Acts, that when we can... We have no problem submitting to our local authorities. We have no problem uh, following the laws of the land. But when those laws, when those edicts, when those executive orders directly contradict the word of God, they directly go in opposition to what God has very clearly commanded us as Christians to do, then we don't have a choice. We follow God rather than man. And to hear preachers publicly on social media rebuking me and rebuking our church for going back and having services, uh, but without the county executive's permission. It was one of the most unbiblical as well as one of the most un-American things that I have seen in a long time. I was, I was shocked uh, that, that we have pastors that I suppose if their if they're city mayor or their, uh, their county council uh, or their governor or whatever uh, local or state uh, jurisdiction uh, was to uh, ask of them or command of them to do something contrary to the Bible, where are they going to draw the line? Where are they going to draw the line? What, what are they going to do if, they, if the county council says you can't preach against homosexuality, then what are you going to do? You're going to pull up Romans 13 and use that as an excuse to never preach on it again? What are you going to do if the... If, if the, if the uh, uh, the state or the, the county or the city in which you live uh, forbid you to teach the uh, creation account to children. What are you going to do? And the list goes on and on and on. They're trying to implement their their one world, ungodly, unbiblical agenda. They're trying to implement it across this nation in every possible uh, venue. We're seeing it in the in the public schools now here in the state of Maryland. They've now added the LGBTQ history into the school curriculum. It'll come uh, come out and be effective in the next school year, 2021. Um, what are you going to do? What's your response to that? This is, this is civil authorities. These are, these are elected officials that are making these rulings that are blatantly contradictory to the word of God. Um, where, where do your loyalties lie? Where, where do you draw the line? If they came up and told you you can't have church and you go along with that indefinitely without any medical or scientific data to back it up, uh, then what are you going to do when they come to you and tell you you can't preach the Bible? What are you going to do when they tell you that, um, that you have to marry two people of the same gender? What are you going to do 
if they if they overstep their governmental jurisdiction and begin to take control of the church, which is what they're trying to do, they have done that. They've been successful, unfortunately, in doing that. In fact, one of the uh, Maryland's uh, state uh, policies for reopening churches, and I've got it right here on my desk. I was a part of the governor's task force to come up with safe and and uh, reasonable policies to reopen churches. And after a week, I resigned. And my words was, this is a dumpster fire. I want nothing to do with this. One of the policies that they had implemented that made it through the final draft that was submitted to the churches was, before you reopen your children's ministries, you need further guidance from the Department of Education. Since when does the Department of Education have jurisdiction over our junior church or over our bus ministry, over our Sunday school classes, over our nurseries, over our little lambs and our patch clubs? It was appalling. What was, what was equally appalling was the number of pastors and clergy that was on that committee that didn't say anything. Now, granted, there was people on that task force from all, uh, all over the spectrum. There was Muslims and Catholics and, and uh, Jewish rabbis on there. But again, I couldn't believe nobody was pushing back on this, on this uh, unbelievable government overreach into the affairs of the local church. And, um, I, you know, that was shocking enough. But then when our church decided to reopen and I got a cease and desist letter from the board, uh, uh, the health department saying, you can't have church. Uh, well, I took that letter to the pulpit on that Wednesday night and I stood up and preached a message entitled Religion Without Restriction and preached where Moses stood before Pharaoh over in the book of Exodus and said, well, let my people go that they may go worship God in the wilderness. And Pharaoh then began to negotiate, began to, uh, to come up with all these um, counter offers and said, well, you can go, just don't go too far. And Moses stood his ground. He said, well, you can, you can go a, a, a good ways out, just don't leave the country. And then the next one was, you can take your men, but leave your women and children behind. And then his fourth concession was, all right, you can take your people, your women and children, but leave all your flocks behind. And Moses, being the man of God that he was, even being the meekest man on all the earth, he looked Pharaoh in his God-given eyeballs and said, there'll not be one hoof left behind. We're going to worship God, and we're going to do it God's way. And that's what I preached on that Wednesday night. And I said, it's not right. I don't care if it's, a, I don't care if it's the, the town mayor. I don't care if it goes all the way up to the White House, the president of the United States. I don't even care if it's the Supreme Court. They do not have a right to tell us how and when and where to worship our God. And in the heat of the moment, I held up that cease and desist letter and I said, we're going to do it God's way. We're going to do it God's way. And I tore that thing up. And of course, that, that video clip went viral. And I, there was preachers all over America uh, that was condemning uh, that action. Uh, it sounded a little bit like the uh, one of the one of the attorneys that was in the uh, Board of Appeals meeting. We had our hearing two days ago, Thursday morning, right here in Baltimore. We had our our, our second court hearing at the Board of Appeals. And one of the uh, men on that board, he said, well, that just really seemed like a, an aggressive act, tearing up that cease desist letter. He said, it almost seemed like a Boston Tea Party moment. And uh, we laughed. That's exactly what it was. It was an act of defiance. It was an act of righteous indignation against a, a, a local official telling the church of the living God that they could not follow God's command 
to gather together and assemble together to worship him. The Bible is very clear, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. The word church means ecclesia. It means an assembly. It means a gathering together of people. You cannot have church in your pajamas on the couch watching it on the screen. I was amazed that people said, well, I don't know what's the difference. It's no different. You're still able to have church. I looked at them. I said, are you telling me sitting in my basement watching a baseball game is the same thing as being there? At the game, sitting in the bleachers with my baseball glove on, to catch, uh, trying to catch a foul ball? You're telling me there's no difference? If there's no difference, then why are they selling Super Bowl tickets for hundreds of thousands of dollars? Of course there's a difference. There's a big difference in being there in person and watching it online. Sure there is. But the point I wanted to deal with this morning was this matter of civil disobedience. This Fox's Book of Martyrs is filled with godly, pious sanctified, holy, righteous, sweet, meek, gentle Christians that look their local law enforcement officers, their, their, their uh, state uh, legal uh, people looked them in their face and said, I will not recant. I will, I, will not, I will not turn my back on God. I will not turn my back on the scripture. They died for everything imaginable. I just read a story this morning about a woman that was put on the rack and tortured because she refused to believe that when the priest blessed that wafer, that it became the actual physical body of Jesus Christ. She refused uh, to, con to concede and believe in the, and the false doctrine, the heresy of transubstantiation. She was tortured for that. But that was the law of the land in those days. And we could just go on and on and on at the fear uh, that the early church lived in and lived under because they knew that if they were ever confronted about their beliefs and their convictions as Christians, that their life could be taken from them. And now here we are in 2020, and we've got these, we've got these unelected health department officials telling us that we cannot have church, and everybody just caved. Pastors all over America just caved, fell down at their feet, kissed their ring. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm sure in heaven right now is blushing at the lack of grit, the lack of guts, the lack of courage that they're seeing in Christians today hide behind Romans 13 and this, this uh, nonsensical uh, civil disobedience uh, argument that won't hold water. It will not hold water. In church, this is just the beginning. If you think this was a one and done scenario, you're sadly mistaken. We lost so much ground this year, we will never get it back. They're now talking about mandating face masks until 2022. They're talking about keeping schools shut in some places till the August of next year. This is not going away anytime soon. And all it's going to take is another flare up. All it's going to take is a little rise in cases. And, there's, and they're going to start shutting down churches again. Many places, they haven't even opened them back up yet again. This thing's been going since March. Here we are in October, middle of October, end of October. Today's the 24th. There are churches that are still not allowed to open. Where does it end? How long can you hide behind the civil disobedience clause? How long can you hide behind Romans 13 and said, well, they say we can't have church, so we can't do it. We're just doing what God told us to do. Oh, no, you're not. Don't go there. You can't use that. And I just want to be, I want to be a blessing. I want to be encouraged, but at the same time, 
I'm praying God will put some grit in some of you guys' crawl and Christians to go back there. I'm still getting letters and emails from people that says our church still hasn't reopened. I still have people walking through the doors of our church on Sunday morning saying our church still hasn't reopened. Our church still hasn't reopened. And the, the, the crazy thing to me is there was churches all over the country that was shutting down not having churches when their government didn't even tell them to. The only reason we stopped having services here is because the governor put out that order. And I didn't like it. I didn't agree with it. I didn't believe in it. And I had made my mind up that I was not going to go along with it indefinitely. In fact, I met with my deacons not too far into it, and we already had gone to sit down and establish a, a, a list of policies and procedures to reopen, and we were going to do that. In fact, I wrote that and submitted that to the governor in writing with other pastor's signature on it before he ever called and asked me to be on this task force. There was no way in the world that I was going to continue holding live stream services for months and months and months on end. Not when the Bible tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And so this, this, uh, this was an insult to me. It was an insult to me. It was an insult to our church for Christians to use that civil disobedience. It's an insult to every martyr that's died since the book of Acts, every Christian across this nation. I'm going to tell you something else. It's an, it's an insult to these, these uh, national pastors in places like China and North Korea and Iran and Pakistan and Russia and places like this, where they're literally having to have underground services. I had supper last night with a missionary from a country I can't even tell you where he's from. That they have Bible studies and they're they're running having Bible colleges and training pastors, and it's illegal. It's underground. It's underground. These people could be these people could be imprisoned if they're caught. What are you, what are you going to go over there and tell those people? You're going, to, you're going to pull out Romans 13 and tell them they can't believe in believe the Bible. They can't, get, they can't get saved. You're going to tell them that they can't go to church. You're going to tell them these preacher boys they can't train for the ministry because some uh, local government told them that it's illegal and they can't do it. Where, 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 where are you going to draw the line? Where am I going to draw the line? These are real relevant issues that we are confronting right now. I've already told our church, we're not shutting down again. We're not shutting down again. If people don't want to get sick, if they're scared, if they're afraid of getting sick, they're welcome to stay home and watch the service on live stream. But for those of us that want to have church, those of us that want to come together and enjoy the fellowship of each other and God's people and, and listen to the preaching and, and pray together, uh, we're going to do it. I'm not shutting the church down again. And I know I'm going to have to eat these words one of these days because we've, we're surrounded by liberal progressives socialists that want to take away our freedoms. They're, they're, they're sick in the head where they believe in abortion all the way up to the minute before a baby's born. And to them, that's, 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 uh, that's the definition of liberty and freedom and justice and fairness and equity. But then tell a bunch of perfectly healthy people they can't have church in a building. I don't think so. I'm not going along with it. These are the same people that tells us there's 57 genders. These are the same people that tells us if there's a drop of water on Mars, then that means there's life on Mars. These are the same people that tells us that we've only got about nine years before our, our um, entire climate crisis just completely passes the point of no return. These are the experts that I'm supposed to listen to about a virus. I'm sorry. They lost credibility with me decades ago. Decades ago. And there comes a time in, in our lives when we're going to have to live by faith. 
Quit looking at the charts and the data. Quit listening to these so-called scientists and these experts that can't get it right. And quit listening to these, uh, these local uh, officials that have an uh, agenda. The same county executive that told us we could not have church went and marched in the streets with mobs of people uh, to show solidarity uh, during these these uh, race riots and all these uh, all this um, that was going on in the streets, the protesting, so-called peaceful protesting. The same county executive in Baltimore County that told us we couldn't have Sunday school, told us we couldn't have junior church, told us we couldn't ride run buses, stood out in the streets to show solidarity with a bunch of lunatics. Don't tell me they don't have an agenda. Don't tell me that they did not have an attack against the church. And what's worse than that, and that, that I get, I understand that. I understand they hate everything we represent, everything we stand for. But what I can understand is how many Christians and pastors thinks that they were justified in doing it and are still going along with it. Where's our courage? Where's our backbone? Where's our stand? Where's our Acts, book of Acts courage or the New Testament Church historically has always had boldness and courage in the face of opposition and persecution and adversity. They didn't go along with it. They didn't capitulate with godless civil and elected officials that had an agenda to destroy the church of the living God. This is not civil disobedience. This is obeying God. This is choosing to obey God rather than man. And I'm ready to go to jail. We've got folks in our church that are ready to go to jail. I told them last week, I said, if they come to lock us up, they're going to need to bring a couple of buses because they're going to have a busload of us. We're willing to go to jail if we have to, to do what God's called us to do. And I'm praying and hoping that this podcast today, with a lot of fire, maybe you need to get on your knees and ask God to forgive you for being scared and afraid and weak. And maybe you need to stand in front of your church and apologize. Maybe you need to uh, gather your family around and, and say, we need, to, we need to get back to doing it God's way. Quit worrying about what everybody else says. This is still the land of the free and the home of the brave last time I checked. Last time I checked, we still have constitutional freedoms and rights. And if we don't fight for them or stand up for them, they're going to be taken away from us. And then we will be like those underground churches in China meeting underground which after some of the things I've seen in the last eight months, there's not going to be quite as many underground churches as we think. People's just going to quit, put their Bible on the shelf and wrap it up. And they'll use that Romans 13 all the way. Well, we're not supposed to, we can't do that. We're not supposed to have prayer meeting. We're not supposed to have church. We're not supposed to get together. If we do, we're going to get in trouble. Civil disobedience. You're going to have to choose to whether you obey God or man. I made my decision a long time ago, I'm going to go with God and ask God to take care of me and protect me. And I feel like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego standing in front of the, the king. He, hey, I, my God's able to deliver me. But if he doesn't, I'm still not going to go along with it. I'm still not going to bow down to your image. And so I hope the podcast today was a blessing and encouragement, a little bit scattered. Uh, but I hope that God will use it, light a fire, and uh, keep us going forward for God's honor and glory. We invite you to follow us on social media. We've got Facebook, we've got YouTube, Twitter. Keep up with what's going on. And uh, be, be, uh, we welcome you to share this podcast uh, with your friends and family. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Mm -hmm.